man thanks so much for joining us here today on the new black wall street book club where black folk do read you put in a book we absolutely will find it i'm ergj your certified financial educator ceo of ergj enterprises ergj black bazaar and also international best-selling author of the book the black billionaires club a study of black wealth a study of the 12 richest black people in the world today and how they built their wealth and i just believe that if you want to be wealthy you should study wealthy people well, guys, not only is it a book, but it's also a club that you can choose to join and get around brothers and sisters who decided to walk away from the crowd of broke, the crowd of confusion, the crowd of complain, and they decided that we're going to focus on what we can control, and that's helping one another to build, to grow, and develop, and to develop. And so we've decided we're just we're just serious about success and serious about winning with money, and we want to help you accomplish all your dreams, your goals as well. Well, simply go to www.dblackbillionairesclub.com www.thebybillionaireclub.com and join the club today. Also, you have an opportunity to support the dream, right? Support the dream. Oh, in case you guys don't know, my goal is to actually build a money school, bring it to our community. Well, if you don't want to join the club, maybe you just want to donate. Well, you can do that as well. Just simply go to my Patreon at, at patreon.com backslash ERGJ. Patreon.com backslash ERGJ. Now, I got some shares I'm going to share with you today, guys, because it's been such a beautiful time. And today we're actually going to be talking about, we're going through the book, Think and Grow Rich, a black choice. Think and Grow Rich, a black choice. We're going to be talking about uh, this thing called money. <laughs> That's right. This thing called money, a message on money or money talks, and you would do well to listen. That's what we're going to be talking about today. And I had a wonderful time of just uh, just getting a, getting a chance to go speak at a high school or actually go vend at a high school uh, for the Teachers Association. And while I was there, uh, they saw my book and they saw the things that I do, and they asked me to come back and come speak to the kids. So I'm going back on tuesday so i'm super excited about that to share with the kids what i've learned about money and so hopefully they can avoid some of the mistakes we made and they can uh, get a better consciousness as related to this thing called money so i'm looking forward to that we're going through the book think and grow rich a black choice think and grow rich a black choice uh and this is a book that's that black enterprise says is required reader for all african americans who truly are committed to the pursuit of happiness required readers what black enterprise says uh, Essence Magazine said this book is an inspiring, powerful success guide. And guess what, guys? This little book costs $8. That's it. That's easy. But also found what is e what's easy to do is also easy not to do. So most people just simply not to do, not choose not to do. That's just it. But guess what? I'm not concerned about most people. I'm so glad there's a few who do. <laughs> I'm so glad that there's a few who do. Now, so let's get into this thing today, guys. This is a chapter 10, a message on money or money talks, and you would do well to listen. Let's find out what Mr. Dennis Kimbrough has written to us for us to begin to understand. Of course, we do have breakout sessions or deep dive sessions in our Black Billionaires Club, which you can be a part of. Let's read. Here are the quotes for this chapter. The first one's from George Bernard Shaw, 
He says this, it is the first duty of every man not to be poor. <laughs> George Bernard Shaw says the first duty of every man not to be poor. Now, I don't know about you, but as I, as I go around, I talk to people about money, I, 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 you would probably be amazed how uncomfortable it is to talk about getting rich and talk about building wealth. It is like, it's like a, it's like a, I don't know what it is, but we're so conditioned or so comfortable with being broke that for somebody to even talk about being rich, we get a little, get a little, we get a little, little uncomfortable. To me, that's strange. To make to, that we've made we've made broke comfortable and uh, rich uncomfortable. It's, it would be around like I should be uncomfortable being broke. I, I, it's normal for me to be rich, but no, that's not the way it is. The way it is is that uh, that it's, it's uncomfortable being rich and it's normal to be broke. Something's wrong. Something is wrong. So it's the first duty of every man not to be poor. Miss Sophie Tucker says, I've been rich and I've been poor and rich is better. I've been rich and I've been poor and rich is better. Everybody putting comments on rich is better. Rich is better. Michael Novak goes on to say this. The only thing you can learn by studying poverty is how to be poor. The only thing you can learn by studying poverty is how to be poor. Well, how many guys have decided you're going to study rich so you can be rich? Are you going to study wealth so you can be wealthy? The only thing that you can learn from studying poverty is how to be poor. Clara Looper says this, money doesn't talk, it screams. Money doesn't talk. It screams. Huh. Interesting. Nothing man has ever invented receives so much attention and is so widely sought and generates so much controversy as this small item. It is a piece of paper that is measured by two and five eighths by six and one eighth inches with a thickness of zero zero point four three inches. It takes 490 of them to weigh a pound. It is both used and abused, worshipped and haggled over. Some say it liberates men. Others say it enslaves them. People sometimes become emotional over it, especially when there is too little, too little of it. Sooner or later, it manages to become the focal point of all activity. What is it? It's the dollar bill. The reason the subject of money almost invariably arises in a discussion of achievement is that the two so frequently go hand in hand, not always, but often. There are, of course, some types of success that have nothing whatsoever to do with money. But there are many others in which financial rewards follow great achievements. And the promise of those rewards sometimes inspires those achievements to start with. For the ambitious, the implications of seeking and attracting large sums of money are often more than abstractions. Money or wealth is an issue about which we hear contradictory opinions and one that we must ultimately sort out for ourselves. So the topic of money is something that you and I must sort out for ourselves. The purpose of this lesson is to get down to the basics. Everybody put in comments on the basics. To clear the air surrounding the entire subject of money 
and to explain exactly what money is and what it isn't. What money is and what it isn't. The desire for mental gain is fundamental in human nature. Men and women have been concerned about prosperity and wealth since the first coin was fashioned in Asia Minor around 750 BC. Many have said that money is like good health. Man is concerned about it to the extent that he doesn't have it. True happiness consists not in the possession of things, but in the privilege of self-expression through the use of material things. You must have money in order to enjoy freedom of body and mind. You must have money. A person cannot really be free if he is chained to a routine job most of his waking hours and receives a mere subsistence in return. If a person has to pay that much for existence, he is paying too high a price. This chapter will teach you a proven way to rid yourself. Everybody putting God's own rid myself. To rid yourself of self-imposed limitations and enjoy your feel of life's riches. To begin, it is terribly important that you bury once and for all the myth that money is bad or unimportant. Money is not bad. As the Bible says, the love of money is bad. In fact, money is important. It's terribly important. It's just as important as the food and the clothes that it buys, the shelter that it affords, the education that it provides, and the bills that it pays. Money is important to anyone living in a civilized society. And to argue that it's not important is absurd. Let anyone who imagines that he does not need money try to get along without it. Let's be realistic enough to face the facts of life and demand from life the best that it can give. Nothing will take the place of money in the area in which money works. Money is important. Terribly important. It's your right to be rich. This is hard for people to this is hard for people to accept right here. It's your right to be rich. It's a hard one for people to accept that it's their right to be rich. They don't want to do that. Now, I mean, maybe because that puts them into a place where they're actually held accountable for going to get those things, I guess. It's your right to be rich. Money is a great motivator. Increasing your net worth, accumulating wealth in order to help others and carrying money for the advantages that it can offer you and your family are worthwhile objectives. The availability of money frees your mind to concentrate on achieving your goals. If you know that your expenses are covered and you're relieved of the worry that comes with meeting your debts, you can devote all of your time and energy to achieving your objectives. And achieving them becomes easier. You feel relaxed and at ease. You attract others because they are attracted to you. There's also a peace of mind that comes with financial security that allows you to set your own agenda for your life. A healthy investment portfolio eliminates many of the what-ifs associated with money worries. You no longer haggle over unexpected expenses that could throw your business or family budget into a tailspin. You can make career and business decisions based on merit rather than expediency. And you can take a chance on an idea that has, that has great potential if you know you are protected against disaster. A healthy cash reserve is the best protection against financial ruin. 
But most people, unfortunately, don't bother to build cash reserves. They just don't bother. Perhaps one of the greatest shocks I ever received was one that I encountered when I began lecturing on success. I soon realized that many who attended my lectures were still trying to resolve the inner conflict of whether they should actually desire prosperity. Think about that for a second. A conflict on the inside about whether it's moral or ethical or it's okay to desire prosperity. As I said, it's normal to be broke. It's weird to be prosperous. It's weird to want the good life. It's weird to want to be rich. It's normal to be broke. Does anybody else see a problem with that? I mean, I'm not the only one that says this is, this is, there's something right about this. Stinking thinking. That will make it normal. Normal. To be broke. Abnormal. Weird. Strange. To be rich. Of course, they wanted prosperity. It's human nature. But they secretly questioned whether they should seek it, especially from a spiritual point of view. Surprisingly, many businessmen and women seem to feel guilty about the whole idea of prosperity. Though they were working quite hard to become prosperous day in and day out in their respective professions. But the question remained in their minds, is poverty a spiritual virtue or a common vice? This discord in their thinking was creating a tug of war in their affairs, which neutralized their efforts to succeed no matter how much they work they put forth. It became apparent that it would take the expression of some bold, even shocking ideas on the subject of wealth to blast these individuals out of their confining beliefs, which can which had changed them, chained them to the anchor of mediocrity. That is why this chapter is so important. Everybody putting comments on money is important. Money is important. As highlighted earlier, it is shockingly right instead of shockingly wrong for you to be prosperous. It's your right to be rich. Obviously, you cannot be very happy if you're poor and you need not be poor. Poverty or the lack of wealth is a form of hell caused by man's ignorance on the mental laws governing prosperity. Poverty is a dirty, uncomfortable, degrading experience. It is a form of disease, and in its acute phase, it seems to be a form of insanity. Poverty fills prisons. It drives men and women to drink, to drug addiction, and sometimes to suicide. It can lead potentially, it can lead potentially fine, talented, intelligent children to delinquency and crime. It can make people do things they otherwise would never dream of doing. Poverty. Be done with thinking, with the thinking of poverty as a virtue, it is a common vice. If you've been living in this hell on earth, you've literally been blinded to the abundance that lies at your feet. This is the shocking truth about poverty. Money is important. I'm gonna read this again, because it's really, if you, 
It is shockingly right instead of shockingly wrong for you to be prosperous. Obviously, you cannot be very happy if you're poor, and you need not be poor. You need not be poor. You don't have to be poor. You don't have to choose to be poor. Now, I know some of you guys say, well, I didn't choose to be poor. Well, what do your habits say? Not what your mouth say. What do your habits say? Do your habits say you choose poor, or do your habits say you choose rich? What do your habits say? Now what your mouth say, because your mouth say a whole bunch of stuff. Let's say from the from the uh um the mouth what the, the mouth speaks from the abundance of the heart. It says the heart is wicked. So you choose them poor. If I look at your habits, we were to analyze your habits when it comes to money and that which it is good for. We were to analyze that. That's why I say all I need to do is see your. All I need to see is your bank account, see your expenses. I can tell you what you value. All right, that's all I need to see. I don't even need to do a whole budget. All I need to see is your expenses. Okay, this was important to you. This is what's important to you. This was important to you. This is where you spend all your money at. That's all I need to see. Where you spend your money shows what you value. Now, here's where most people are. Most people, they talk about what they value. But then they do the exact opposite when it comes to where they spend their money. Oh, man, we need to practice group economics. Oh, I'm pro-black. Oh, I'm conscious. And then you look at where they spend their money. Well, hold up a second. This is not consistent with what you're talking about. They're walking contradiction. Say one thing, do another. What's the truth? The truth is where they spend their money. <laughs> Woo! Poverty or the lack of wealth is a form of hell caused by man's ignorance of the mental laws governing prosperity. Poverty is a dirty, uncomfortable, degrading experience. It's a form of disease and in its acute phase seems to be a form of insanity. Poverty fills prisons. It drives men and women to drink, to drug addiction, and sometimes to suicide. It can lead potentially fine, talented, intelligent children to delinquency and crime. It can make all, make people do things they otherwise would never dream of doing. Rob, stuff like that. Be done with the thinking of poverty as a virtue. It is a common vice. If you've been living in this hell on earth, you've literally been blinded to the abundance that lies at your feet. This is the shocking truth about poverty. This is the shocking truth about poverty. What I learned from America's most successful black entrepreneurs. Okay, now. Nearly five years ago, as a part of my graduate requirements for a doctoral degree, I found myself in an unequivocal position during my oral examination of trying to convince a group of seemingly inconvincible scholars as to my command of the causes of wealth and poverty among third world nations. Halfway through the grueling ordeal, one of my committee members asked, how does a nation choke with poverty, reverse its course, and create wealth? In my anxiety to answer this question and gain the committee's approval, I cited various reasons why a country would experience poverty or prosperity. I quoted reams of government statistics called with the numerous sources that were surefire and antecedents of growth and stagnation. 
A deafening silence elapsed before the body of scholars confronted me with another barrage of questions. Though I was eventually awarded a doctorate, that same question continued to surface. How does a nation prosper? Now, I think this question should be impersonal for us. How do I prosper? How does a nation prosper? Or better yet, how does an entire race or an individual create success? An idea began to take hold. For the next five years, my focus dramatically shifted. I sought out individuals who could provide answers to my probing questions. High-achieving black men and women who had asked these questions themselves, and as a result, I combed the nation interviewing successful black business people from John H. Johnson of Johnson Publications and Earl Graves of Black Enterprise Magazine to fight promoter Don King and computer entrepreneur, uh, computer entrepreneur Alicia Page, 35 in all and at a personal expense of $25,000. It was in this laboratory that I saw for myself the qualities and characteristics that are peculiar to economic advancement. Armed with a three-page questionnaire, I observed these giants up close, charting their every move. From this research, I identified principles. Everybody put in the comments on principles. I identified principles that revealed two separate paths, one to prosperity and the other to poverty, principles, principles. Man has been taught that wealth is basically material and therefore ultimately finite. The cornerstone of this thinking is the, in the philosophy that there are only two ways to promote quality in terms of wealth. You either make the rich poor or the poor rich. This illusion. It's shared by countless Americans. The general idea centers on life as a zero-sum game, that one's gain comes at the expense of another's loss. According to this view, there are only so many jobs to go around, only so much energy to be used, and only so much opportunity to be taken advantage of, a fixed amount of prosperity and a fixed amount of poverty, and it is the luck of the draw as to who will prosper or hunger. Throughout the ages, mankind has been afflicted with such limited thinking and its adherence. But this misconstrues wealth's true nature. Wealth is neither physical nor limited. Wealth takes on contrasting forms, vision, discipline, work, faith, initiative, resilience, desire, ideas, and thought, all unlimited and infinite. Wealth is embodied in a web of enterprise that retains its worth only through constant work sacrifice, and service. Oftentimes, it comes from doing what others consider insufferably boring. Wealth's most salient characteristic is that it's variable, it's available to all. Wealth's most salient characteristic is that it's available to all. And it's primarily metaphysical, not physical. Consequently, the creation of wealth lies within you the individual. Consequently, the creation of wealth, the power to create wealth. Now, this is consistent with what was written in the Bible. God is giving you the ability or giving you the power to create wealth, not chase it. I think that he would have said, I'll give you the power to go chase it. I think he would have said that. He didn't say that, though. He said, power to get power to create wealth. 
Now, God didn't consult with me when he wrote the book, by the way. He didn't say, ERGJ, let me see what you want to say. And no, 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 that's not what happened. It was written before I even came here. Apparently written with me on his mind, you know? But he's given us the power to create wealth. Let me ask you this. One of the things he had, he just said he talked about, he said the imagination. Is there any limit to your imagination? Or is that unlimited? What about your ideas? Any limit, any limit on the amount of ideas, ideas that have come across your path, or is that unlimited? Government cannot provide the answer. No government or institution could ever produce a Barbara Proctor or John Johnson or Don King. Why? Because the precepts of wealth run contrary to the very nature of bureaucracy. Wealth develops within the individual. Under, cap under a capitalistic or open society, wealth is less a stock of goods than a flow of ideas. Wealth comes from a consciousness that unfolds within. In practical terms, wealth is a characteristic of thought. Man's foremost quality is, is, is his rational faculty. The skills of living successfully are acquired through knowledge. Knowledge is available to each of us. And when properly applied is power. Knowledge, when properly applied, is power. Now, you notice that? Like how we've been saying that knowledge is power? But when we actually say it the right way, that gives us a different understanding. Knowledge, when properly applied, is power. Is it possible we've, really, we've literally been fooling ourselves by what we've been saying? The antithesis of knowledge is, uh, is ignorance. Our degree of ignorance will determine our place in society. Though each of us is born ignorant and must for a time live in ignorance, those who remain ignorant have only themselves to blame. Uh-oh. Though each of us is born ignorant, not knowing, and must for a time live in ignorance until we know, those who remain ignorant have only themselves to blame. This is why I say you can choose to or you can choose not to, and I'm okay with that. You can choose to learn about money. You can choose not to. I'm okay with that. You can choose to build wealth, and you can choose not to. I'm okay with that. You can choose to join the Black Billionaires Club, or you can choose not to. I'm okay with that. You can choose to buy an $8 book to change your financial life forever, or you can choose not to. I'm okay with that. Because ultimately... If you remain ignorant on this most one of these important subjects, one of these major subjects called money, if you remain ignorant, you only have yourself to blame. Since knowledge, thinking, and rational action are human qualities, and since the choice of to exercise this faculty rests within each of us, society survives. Survival requires that those who think be think be free to do so without hold on a second. Ooh, Lord. Since knowledge, thinking, and rational action are human qualities, and since the choice to exercise this faculty rests with each of us, society survival requires that those who think be free 
to do so without interference from those who don't. If some men choose not to think, they can survive only by imitating and repeating a routine line of work contrived by more resourceful men. Every man or woman is free to rise as far as he or she is able or willing, but it's only the degree to which he or she thinks that will determine the degree to which he or she will rise. Wealth always starts in the mind. Everybody put comments on wealth begins in the mind. Wealth always starts in the mind. With the prosperity consciousness, until mankind reorients its thinking about wealth's true nature, the wreckage of the ghetto and unnecessary failures is mental principle. Poverty is not corrected by a redistribution of wealth, but by ideas. You can give a man begging for coffee or food or food a dollar, but before that day he is out, before that day is out, he will be hungry again. Unless there is a change in consciousness, unless all parties awaken to wealth's true nature and get in tune with the infinite supply of ideas, nothing will change. Let me read this again. The key to any condition of lack is mental principle. Poverty is not corrected by redistribution of wealth, but by ideas. You can give a man begging for coffee or food or dollar, but before that day is out, he will be hungry again, unless there's a change in consciousness, unless all parties awaken to wealth's true nature and get in tune with the infinite supply of ideas. Nothing will change unless... As I pen these thoughts, my mind drifts back to the words Willie Amos shared with me several years ago. Wally succinctly expressed a great deal of wisdom when he stated, in order to overcome poverty, one needs only to raise his level of vision. The cure for lack of any type is found within a change of thinking. Now I find this very interesting, billionaires. Because you guys hear me say this all the time. Change the way that you think. You'll change your life forever. You must be wealthy in your mind long before you're wealthy in your wallet. Wealth begins in the mind. For you and I, or I, to remain ignorant, when it comes to the things of money, we only have ourselves to blame. Now this takes a whole nother level of maturity to say I'm gonna take personal responsibility for the results that I get as it relates to money in my life. You know what the easy thing is to do, guys? The easy thing is to blame everybody else. That's the easy thing to do. It's easy to just blame everybody else for the results that I have as it relates to money and that which is good for in my life. I, it's easy to blame everybody else. It's hard to take personal responsibility for your results. And no matter which way you go, at the end of the day, if, if you remain ignorant when it comes to the things of money, You'll only have yourself to blame.
money is important. Well, guys, this is New Black Wall Street Book Club, where black folk do read. And we really getting into some juicy stuff now, talking about a message on money or money talks. Um, not quite sure when the next broadcast will be. I know it probably won't be tomorrow. I'll try to get one in. I'm not sure. Um, but this is Thinking Grow Rich, a black choice. In the comments below, I'd like for you to share with us something that you learned today, something that you took away from our discussion here today on money. Some pretty heavy stuff. I know some people just, it just, it's hard to, it's, it's, the conditioning is real. The conditioning is real. Well, I invite you to join the Black Billionaires Club because at the end of the day, guys, you, you, you can choose not to try to do it by yourself. I mean, how long have you been trying to do it by yourself? How long have you been trying to pay off that credit card? How long have you been trying to get rid of those student loans? How long has it been? If you could do it by yourself, it would already be done. Join the Black Billionaires Club today. So we go to www.theblackbillionairesclub.com, www.theblackbillionairesclub.com. We look forward to welcoming you to the club. Well, guys, I'm ERGJ, your certified financial educator and CEO of ERGJ Enterprises. ERGJ Black Bazaar, an international best-selling author of the book, The Black Billionaires Club, a study of black wealth, a study of the 12 richest black people in the world today and how they built their wealth. I want to say thank you so much for tuning in. And I want you to remember this, that it takes a village. And it starts with us. Let's build, people. Let's build wealth. Together. We all we got. We all we got. But guess what? That's enough. Now, I pray to God preserve each and every one of you that you'll go out today, you'll get up today, and you'll go get something today. Until the next episode, Mr. DJ, hit the music. New, new, new black, new. It's the new black Wall Street book club. With your host, Evan Jefferson. Evan Jefferson. It's time for us to go. Yeah. Now, you ain't got to leave the computer, but we encourage you to get out there and learn and apply all the things you learn at the new Black Wall Street book club, book club. Yeah.